This is the Hardline Sports Talk with Michael Merlo and John Michael Masiri on the SND Podcast Channel. That's right. The Hardline Sports Talk, episode 66. I'm Michael Merlo. I'm joined by John Michael Masiri. We are back and there's tons to get to. JM, we'll start off with you. How are you doing? I'm doing good, Murray. You you nailed it right on the head. We got a lot of stuff to get to, and uh, we got hockey going on. We got the Yankees, the Mets. You know, baseball still in full swing. We're hitting the middle of the summer here. Basketball, obviously, we got the finals going on. I'm ready to go, bro. How are you? What what I've realized about like this time period, even going back a month, that this is the best time period in sports. You know, you got. You know, Major League Baseball really getting into full swing May into June. You've got all these postseason games. I mean, just to add to it, you got the horse racing that's big, you know, May and June. There's a lot going on. The only thing not going on at this time is the NFL. And yes, they are the king, but this is still fun. You're exactly right. I would say this or November or like late October, like when baseball, November, yeah, when World Series getting going. You got NBA and NHL about to start. Football started. You know, that's like all four sports are going on. But I'd say the story, like storyline wise and intensity, you're probably right. This is probably the best time of the year. Those are easily the two best times of the year, though. And it's yeah. very exciting. And we have a lot to get to. We are going to start off in the NHL very quickly, though, because the New York Rangers, my beloved New York Rangers, I just bought this hat two nights ago. Uh, they look like they are about to blow this 2-0 lead as they lose game five at home, three to one to the Lightning. And, you know, this is, listen, the Rangers are a very young team. They weren't, you know, expected to be here. And I'm sure that's what we're going to hear from a lot of people, fans, you know, people in the media, people in the organization. But you had a 2-0 lead on the defending champs, and you have home ice advantage. And I'm not saying the series is over going down 3-2, headed back to Tampa. I'm not saying it's over, but it's over. It, it, anything can happen, but it seems like this series is now over. Right. I mean, I, I think, you know, the Rangers had a chance to seize this series in that game three when they had that three-goal, two-goal lead, whatever it was. Two, up 2 nothing. Up 2 nothing, And, uh, you know, they let that slip away, and now they, they lose three in a row, and all of a sudden the momentum has completely changed, and they're, you know, in the in, in do or die now, right? They can't lose afford to lose another game or their season's over. Um you know, I understand how people could say you know, it's obviously been a very successful season for the Rangers and they have an extremely bright future ahead of them, right? They're one of the youngest uh, playoff teams that we've seen in a while advancing this deep into the playoffs. But with all that being said, let's not pretend like, let's not act like this team was a wild card and just got in, you know, was the last seed in the playoffs and went on this miracle run. Like, this team was expected to win some games and and make a deep postseason run. I mean, they were the number one team in the Eastern Conference up until, you know, a couple of weeks before the season ended. They kind of slipped in seeding as it went on. And, you know, like you just said, I, I know Tampa um, has been the best team in hockey over the past couple of years, but you have you, you're the higher seed. You have the home ice advantage. You weren't supposed to, you know lay down the way you have in these last three games against Tampa. You were three and all against them in the regular season. It will be a disappointment disappointment. If they lose this series, if you're a Rangers fan, you're not going to hang your head looking back at the season because I, uh, you know, it, it obviously they exceeded, they ex- exceeded expectations and they're a great team and have a great future ahead of them. Like I said, but you know, it's a slight disappointment to lose this series because I think the Rangers um, have had a legit shot to win. They still do, but that those chances are definitely lower than what they should have been. They're fantastic in elimination games when the when their backs have been against the wall, they have responded. So this team is has shown throughout these playoffs they've you know responded to adversity very well, and they you know something I, I've noticed if whatever happens the day before they kind of put it past them the next day where, okay, we won game three, whatever. I'm just using an example. Okay, well, game four is game four. And when that next day comes, that's it. So I I think that they've been good about just forgetting about the past and moving on. But this is going to be tough, and you're right. They did have a 2 nothing lead in game three. They blew that. They would have went up 3-0. And, 
you know, this was said to me a couple of days ago. You could kind of tell in game two when the, the Rangers went up a couple of goals and they won the game 3-2 at home. But you could kind of tell the Rangers were up 3-2 late in that game. But the Lightning had started to come back a little bit. And you could tell that they, the rust had kind of been worn off. Yeah, that Tampa game goes had, another period. There might be a different story. Right. The series could be over right now. The, the rust came off of Tampa Bay after that nine-day uh, – you know, they had nine days off before the Rangers um, right. before the series started. See, that's that's a good point you bring up because I was going to say, you know, maybe we're seeing the Rangers are feeling a little fatigue right now and the Lightning shook the rust off. And now, you know, they're they're just a more healthy and, and uh, energized team out there because, you know, the Rangers have never been really known uh, for their offense. They're, they're a very good defensive team. And obviously, they have one of the best goalies, if not the best in, in hockey. It's probably a mashup of the two best goalies in hockey in this series. But they've never been known to be a fantastic offensive team. And, you know, they come out game one, score six goals. The offense looks fantastic. But you look at the last two games. I mean, this team's got two goals in the last two games. One of them was a late goal by Panarin. Um, the, the offense just does, it, it looks stagnant. It does not look as, um, electric as it did in the first game. And even the second game of the series, no, they rely on power plays way too much. They have all season long. And even in this postseason, there have been a lot more penalties called than usual in past postseason games. And they've relied on the power play and where they're not getting those calls and that, you know, have, you know, a man up, they haven't been able to score efficiently. So, I mean, the power that, play alone was the reason why they beat Carolina, honestly. Yes. Carolina was terrible on the power play, and the, and, and the Rangers capitalized. But we'll see. You know, it, anything can happen. It's the postseason. It's very random. And, again, the, the, the Rangers have been fantastic with their backs against the wall in elimination games. Do or die. Let's see what happens. That will be game. That will be what Saturday. Yes. Did you see if the series goes to seven games? We have a little scheduling problem. Oh, uh, Jay Beebs. Jay Beebs is is at the Garden that day. I know. Now nobody's really brought this up, but I I'm almost positive that the NHL would probably have that game at three o'clock. They love their afternoon Sunday starts. Right. And JB would be at eight, but listen, they got to get out of the way for JB, hundred percent. I mean, you know, you got to filter out all the Rangers fans and start bringing in all the the JB's fanatics, super fans. So it's crazy. If I'm a Ranger fan, I'm hiding in the bathroom, and I'm I'm seeing. I'm seeing oh, you want to go see JB? I'm seeing Justin Bieber at eight o'clock. I'd like to go see Justin Bieber. Maybe that's, I'll look into some tickets Sunday that's night. Madness! You can't do that. No, they're not. I, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. Listen, they might not have an issue. I think. I think if it comes down to it, push comes to shove. I think Justin Bieber is the one who's getting rescheduled and not. Oh, of course, it's their game, stadium and not Game Seven of the NHL playoffs. It's their stadium. If the game was supposed to be at eight o'clock, the game will be at eight o'clock. Yeah. And JB, you know what? UBS Arena has been open for a couple months. They could go. Yeah, use, exactly. JB can go use that. I no, mean, James, Do- James Dolan will not let that uh, source of income go we'll over there. S- we'll see if it comes <laughs> down to a game seven. Obviously, the Rangers are going to need for it to happen uh, if they want to continue their season. But they haven't made it easy. It looked like it was going to be uh, they were setting themselves up for success. You know, obviously winning the first two games. But like we said, blowing that two goal lead uh, late in game three and and the Lightning really haven't looked back since then. They're all of a sudden now backs against the wall, and you got to win these next two games. And Islander fans, I know they are rooting for the Tampa Bay Lightning, but yeah, which I, I think the I think I the winner of well, I get I get it to a point because this is the reason why I don't think they should be rooting for the Lightning. What Islander fans that four straight. To be able to say they're the only American team to ever win four straight championships in the history of American sports, they love that. Well, how many, how many do the Lightning have, two? Lightning have two. And I think the winner of this series, no matter who it is, is going to beat Colorado. I think Colorado will eventually fall. As crazy as that, as that sounds. Statement. Yeah. I, 
I, I 100% I think Tampa will win. The Rangers, I think it will be close. But I think Tampa will beat Colorado if they do get to the final in a great series. But I just can't imagine like, that that's record. Like, that's like, let's just say there's a scenario where, you know, the Astros, I'm just using the Astros because they've beaten the Yankees the most in the postseason. Take away the cheating and everything like that. Or you want to use the Rays or whoever. They play the Mets in the World Series. I'm not going to be like, let's go Astros or let's go Mets. Or, I mean, or let's go Rays. They they beat they beat the hell out of me. They it's ended my team completely different. Imagine if the Mets and the Yankees were in the same division. I know, but if they're playing that, in a that World hatred, Series, that hatred is so strong. Well, wait, what are you saying though? I'm saying of that course they're going to root for Colorado. I'm saying I don't understand. No, no, no. Of course I know. I'm just trying to compare. I, I can't compare it well because the Mets and the Yankees don't play in the same division. I was just saying, I don't understand how Islander fans can root for a team um, that beat them the past two years in the postseason, even though they're playing your crosstown rival. If I'm an Islander fan, I despise the lightning because they ended my team season two years in a row. Okay, who was your root for in a postseason series? The Red Sox or the Astros? Gun to your head, you have to pick a team. Uh, they played last year. I was rooting for the I was rooting for the Astros. Okay, there you go. That's exact literally exactly. Yeah. It's fair. Exactly. I, I I want to move on to the NBA because this is pure gold. The NBA is a joke in my mind. Okay. That that that's just how I feel. They're a joke. They make you wait until 9 p.m. on the East Coast to watch their NBA Finals games, which, by the way, have not been entertaining. The and whole, I'll say this. The season hasn't been entertaining. It's, it's been a joke. It's, it has sucked. And this series is going to be like what the last series was with the Heat and the Celtics. It's going to be blowout, 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 blowout until Game 7, and then we'll get an all-time classic Game 7, and the NBA will, you know, go crazy over that. But right. th- this series has been terrible so far. It takes too long. Why do we have to wait three days before each game? Sunday or Wednesday? So, are you kidding me? You got—I don't understand. You got guys playing hockey every other day, beating the crap out of each other. But an MB, the NBA guys need an extra rest day. I would think it would be the opposite. Yeah, it, it's it's pathetic. But that's not my point. My point is Draymond and Clay and the rest of this Warriors team. Getting a little soft. Yeah. First of all, Draymond's a clown. He's a clown. And I'm not even talking about being soft on the court. I'm talking about being soft off the court. Oh, Um, what what do you mean by that? Yeah. Oh. Um, We're not talking about the bedroom, right? No, 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 no. (laughs) Did you see Clay's comments after the game about? uh, I did see Clay's comments after the game. The Boston fans? Yeah. I mean, listen, Boston fans don't have the greatest reputation in the world, but I know exactly what you're saying. We got to we gotta harden up a little here, pause, but, you know, toughen up here because somebody made a great uh, comparison. Remember that video of LeBron, like, walking in the locker room and the girl was like, LeBron, how does it feel to be uh, explicit? Bleep, bleep, explicit? bleep. Yeah, yeah. Bleep, um, ass, bleep. Yeah, exactly. And I think like Clay said something about it, or you know, like encouraging, not encouraging it. He had said, of it. he had said, I guess some guys just get their feelings hurt. Right, exactly. So how do you go out and say that? But then you know, th- some people are saying the f bomb in Boston, and you're like, oh, they were saying it for the kids. Yeah. Oh, really? Like, like that doesn't have. Listen, I I understand Boston is a different breed. They're on the level of Philadelphia. They're on the level of New York fans. I get that. We're crazy. We live in the Northeast. We care way too much. I understand this. But you think your fans aren't saying the F-bomb and worse things in front of kids? Come on now. Get get real, Clay. I was Get real, I was, Draymond. I'm scrolling down Jared Carabas's Twitter because he actually had a funny tweet before about this whole situation. But uh, unfortunately, I was distracted by his, like, 13 Yankees tweets of him just making fun of the Yankees. And now they took a 10, seven lead and he's suddenly very quiet on Twitter, but well, go back um, to the tweet. I want to hear what he has. Yeah. To say. So, nice so this was, this was a tweet by Matt Val 
we're going to botch this name about tour. It's not important. Whatever. He's just a sports writer. He said, Clay Thompson, we've played in front of rude fans before dropping F bombs with children in the crowd. Real classy. Good job, Boston. That's what Clay Thompson said. That's the quote. Jared Carabas quote retweeted it and said, I was sitting in front of a child who actually joined in on the F U Draymond chance. Not even joking. <laughs> that's great so that's boston for you that there you go it is it, it's funny listen a lot worse things have been said in boston things that should never be said to athletes yes. before um not that that's you know okay or encouraged or anything like that but something like this a couple f-bombs give me a break why don't you go take your tears and drown in them somewhere, Clay Thompson? Yeah. And by the way, it doesn't help that he has not been good. He hasn't shot well. He just has not been the same player. And nobody expected him to be that same player that he was before all these injuries. But it's almost like he's grooming without actually grooming Jordan Poole to be his replacement next season. Right. Because I, I think that's coming. I think it is, too. It's a good point. And again, I, I just this series – you could already see how it's going to go. Golden State's going to win game four. Boston will steal game five over there. They'll come back. They'll win game six. And then it'll be a game seven. And who the hell knows what happens? Here, here's the deal with this series. And I don't know. I might catch a lot of heat for this right here. I'm going to make a point. Then I'm, let me explain. I think that this series is lacking star power. And, you know, you might be like, what the hell are you talking about? Steph Curry is like quite possibly the face of basketball. Jason Tatum's doing great. Steph Curry, to me, is the only guy here that can is consistently coming out and balling out every night. Jason Tatum's had his really bad games, and I know guys have bad games and stuff like that, but what we're used to seeing in the NBA Finals the past couple of years, we're seeing LeBron every year. Every night he's going out, putting up 40, you know, getting triple doubles, this and that. Giannis is coming out, just absolutely dominating and taking over the game. It's, it's a different type of Finals. It's a lot of team-oriented play uh, where – they're not relying on one single superstar, especially the Celtics, right? You just saw yesterday um, in the game three win that Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, and Jason Tatum all combined, all, all scored 24 or more points, whatever it was. I guess, obviously, when you look, there's a lot of recognizable names. There's, there's stars in the league, but it's not the typical finals that we're used to where the superstars are going at it, exchanging 40-point games and – and that's the way it is. And that's been what the NBA has has liked over the past couple of years in its marketing and attracting fans and getting the ratings for the finals and everything like that. And all the hype around that, I think that's lacking in this year's finals. That's just my opinion. I'll say this. I think Tatum is has become a superstar at this point. He's 24 years old. Um, he averaged 27 points this year. I'm on the Jason Tatum train. Now, I agree. He's been inconsistent, not only just this series, but this postseason, and really so have the Boston Celtics. They've been fantastic, but they have been inconsistent. And when you look at this Boston Celtics team, I would actually agree with you. There aren't these household names. There, you know, these guys that everybody knows. I mean, Jalen Brown is a fantastic player. Me and you know Jalen Brown's a fantastic player, but does the rest of the country know that Jalen Brown's a fantastic player? Do you turn the TV on and do you say, wow, this guy is special when you watch him? No, you say that about Tatum. You say that about Curry. You know, there were times you said that about Thompson. But I, 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 I can get that. There, there hasn't been a single 30-point game from a Celtics player this series. But – just I'll say I'll say this where I'll disagree with you. This it would have worked if the games were better, if the games are closer, like we like we right. thought they should be because of how evenly matched we thought these teams were. Because right, coming but I into think the series, I thought they to, were very evenly matched. To feed off of that point, I'm I'm saying because of that, because the games haven't been so good, at least you could resort back to the fact of oh, look what. Tatum, just for example, what Tatum did in game one or in game three or whatever, put up 40, 45, 50 points, whatever. We see these crazy performances in the finals o o over its history, and there really hasn't been that. So I, I guess maybe I could have worded it differently saying there wasn't a lot of star power, but that's why I said bear with me. Let me explain it because there hasn't been a lot of wow Dominant performance to this, to this finals yet. There hasn't. You're not saying like, oh my God, this guy is so much better than everybody else. Yeah. 
I think there's just well, well, no. I mean, I think Steph Curry is pretty clearly the best player on the court. I, I mean, Jason Tatum's been a, had a fantastic year, but I, I think Steph Curry is still clearly the best player. Um, but I think this has just been a microcosm of the entire NBA playoffs. It's been not the same good. thing. Not a lot of great games. Um, inconsistent shooting and everything like that. And, you know, people want good basketball games. People want close games, down to the wire, buzzer beaters, memorable moments. And, and not everybody's going to remember, oh, yeah, remember 2022, the Celtics won that game by 18 points. Nobody's going to remember that. No, not many people are going to remember this postseason. Maybe because it was so bad. That might be the reason why they remember this postseason. Uh, is she before the game? Uh, before game three, they had an issue with the rims. I did see that two inches higher. Two inches higher. Now, was this wasn't during the game, correctly? I read it was before the game during warmups. Uh, yes. Very, very strange taking two inches off. Usually you want to put two inches on. Oh. No, they did put two inches on. I thought they took two inches off. I thought it was 10 feet and two inches. Well, yeah, it was, but the, the, the Celtics, this is conspiracy. I think the Celtics uh, put the two inches on. What do you mean? Like, like I, they I think they added two, yeah, they put two inches up on purpose. But I get what you're saying. You usually want the more two inches, but not in basketball exactly. here. You don't want the two inches here. It, it, and two it, inches it, could be a big deal. I a mean, huge, it, it's, a, it's a very, very big deal. It depends how you look at it, too. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I mean, listen, you could throw you off your game as you're shooting. Mm-hmm. If two, oh, inches... we're talking about basketball, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, a, a major, major deal. It, it, it can be. You, you don't think Steph Curry doesn't realize the difference between two inches? <laughs> Come on, he All sees right. that clearly. All right. What? I'm being serious. When he shoots that ball, he'll realize yeah. oh, this is off. Exactly. I was coaching a baseball game the other day and the kids pitching, right? It's a playoff game. So there's a mound. There's like a, um, they had to put a mound on the field because it was flat turf. Right. So the mound's not stable. So the kids pitch it. He gives up four runs in the inning. And then the next kid comes to pitch and the mound is off like by a lot. Yeah. So he gets it fixed. So I go to him and I go, did you realize the mound was off? He goes, yeah. I go, Man. why didn't you say anything? Yeah. He yeah, gave him four runs. He's like, I don't want to bother. I'd rather get shelled than just deal with it. Like The inches make up a lot. Yeah. See, if, even if it's only two or four, that's yeah. a ton. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, see, Quinn Snyder got fired from by the Jazz. Well, not fired. He, he, um, he stepped down. Jazz head coach. I think a lot of people are going to be stepping down or things are going to be crumbling down in uh, Utah. Not looking good. Yeah, but do you think Donovan Mitchell gets traded? I think he does. And do you think it's to the Knicks? The Knicks are the team to me that they'll they'll screw it up with Donovan Mitchell. They'll go out and overpay for Jalen Brunson, and that's how they'll start in their next season. But we'll see. A nice Jalen Brunson, uh, Donovan Mitchell tandem in in New York at, at the mecca of basketball, Madison Square Garden. That would be fun. Yeah, it'd be nice if it, if it was the mecca of good basketball. No, it probably won't be. Can I? Can I? Before we before we uh, move into baseball and take a little break, uh, can I pick a bone with uh, Kevin Durant? Sure. So Kevin Durant the other day was um, he was going at Stephen A. Smith and a couple other guys on first take, and um, he I called. You saw this, I think so. And he called Christopher Mad Dog Russo a. He's like, who's that based old baseball guy or whatever? So somebody from the fan says that old baseball guy is one of the greatest sports talk radio hosts of all time. And Kevin Durant responded to that guy and said, Sports Talk Radio makes me nauseous. Got a little problem with Kevin Durant, considering the fact that he's never lived a normal life in his entire life. He's never been a normal guy. He's always been, oh, look at me. I'm so great at basketball. Pay me all this money. 
people always all on top of him wanting to watch him play. And then now, of course, making over $50 million a year, mostly. Right. Some of these guys just don't, they don't understand it. It's, you know, they don't like the media. They don't like sports talk radio. They don't like the fans. They don't like this and that. They don't like anything else except maybe their teammates and themselves. Well, guess what? If it wasn't for all those outside people, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be making millions of dollars off of what you're doing for a living. You play basketball for a living. You're very blessed. You get to be a celebrity with all these major perks. You can deal with some of the downsides of it. Um, you know, sports talk radio is it's it's an it's a great thing. I mean, we're freaking doing it right now, basically. Uh, you know, you keep the it's it's what keeps people engaged. You wanna what happens after the Yankees play a fantastic game? They sweep a series or whatever. I'm sure you can relate to this about the Mets. You want to go and, and listen to the radio, see are they talking about the Mets? What are they saying about the Mets? They got any podcasts up? You know, is this podcast talking about them, talking about how the series went? How are the Mets going to play as it goes into the season? It's what people like to do. So for him not to have any idea who the guy is and just you know, we're, sh- take a poop on his profession and he's just a weird guy. He really is. Yeah, he's, he's a very weird guy. He's completely out of touch with reality. So are many celebrities and other people that, you know, politicians, celebrities, athletes, and they're all out of touch with the real it world. It seems like KD's always getting pie on his face when he's talking about anything publicly. You know, he's been caught with how many burner accounts? I don't want to know how many he's got. Yeah. Yeah. So he's, he's just so, – he's also softer than everybody else. But – this is the way it goes, and his teammates are psychopaths. So that's <laughs> yeah. that. All right, we're gonna take a quick break, and we're gonna come back, and we're gonna get into Major League Baseball because there is a lot to digest there. But uh, we'll be back in a few. The S and E Podcast Channel, the perfect channel for any style of podcast. We have all different pop culture style podcasts for all of your listening needs. If you would like to start a podcast, you can reach us at S and E Podcast at Gmail we are always looking for new podcasts to add to our channel, and the topic could be anything you want. So contact us now. The Hardline Sports Talk, episode 66. We are back. I'm Michael Merlo. I've got John Michael Masiri here. Great first segment. Get into the NBA playoffs and the NHL playoffs. It's time for baseball. It's the dog days. I think it's officially the dog days. You know, kind of Memorial Day is kind of a benchmark, and then you know, you kind of reassess and, you know, see how you're doing. People kind of realize who's contenders, who's not contenders. And you go from here and it's really now a sprint to the trade deadline and then a sprint to the rest of the season. So let's talk because both our teams are at the top of our leagues and the New York Yankees are 41 and 16, just one against their little brothers, the Minnesota Twins, after going down seven to three. Uh, Garrett Cole started off the game. I really, I don't really remember the last time I've seen this, but the first three batters of the game, back to back to back home runs. Yeah. Pretty, pretty bad start. Yeah. Um, Not great. Seven, yeah, seven earned. ERA is now north of three five after that start. Was was having a great year going in. Uh, not the best start for him though. Got pulled early, and you know the starting pitching's hit a little road bump these past two games. Tyone didn't look great on um, Wednesday, and you know Cole looked horrible on Thursday today. Um, but you know the offense picked it up for them, and that's what we've talked about all year with this team is. They find ways to win games when uh, one side's lacking, the other side picks them up, and they they keep pulling you back in. I mean, they they were om- they almost had their first series loss in God knows how long. I don't even remember the last time they lost the series, um, but they just pull you right back in. It looked like we were saying, oh, they hit a little skid, you know, losing the series to the Twins, two bad losses in a row. Nope, offense. Oh, did you right actually? Oh my God! You were that low, like not that you're, low. You're thinking about it, but it was the first little hiccup, and you know you lose eight one, then you go out, your ace is on the mound, and you, he gives up seven runs, and all of a sudden, oh crap, we're gonna get blown out again. Then you hit a little hiccup in the road, but nope, they pull it right back in. They win the series, feeling good, feeling confident. Aaron Judge missed a home run by about two inches. I think, do you think juice balls are back after looking at that game or was that just the slugfest? No, I 
I mean, I didn't, I, I heard, I was listening to John Starling, but like the three home runs that I heard back to back to back from what I heard, those balls were crushed. Yeah. So, oh yeah. No, Buxton especially. So. Yeah. And I, I don't think so, but yeah, I mean, you're allowed to lose a couple games in a row. I mean, oh, I that's the argument I'm having with Mets fans right now. Like, I'm just saying yeah. we keep they keep we keep talking about when the Yankees going to hit that you know stretch of games where they don't dominate every night. It'll it'll happen eventually. It just yeah. didn't start. We just tonight. keep waiting and waiting and waiting. It'll happen eventually. But the the best you could do is prolong that. Yes, agreed. Cole was not good tonight, but he has been good, like you said before. Nestor Cortez, a rare bad start um, on Tuesday night, Wednesday night. Wednesday, Wednesday night. night. A rare bad Tuesday start. Night. Okay. Tyone was not good Tuesday yeah. either. So, yeah, I mean, the Yankees starting pitchers were on like an historic stretch for the past uh, week or two and uh, came down to earth against Minnesota, which is pretty surprising to be honest with you again with how they dominate i've been making the joke all week the yankee fans are not allowed to celebrate these wins um but tonight 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 to celebrate i i would think uh even though minnesota is not that bad of a team still you know i they keep hand, seeing, they hand you guys six i keep wins. seeing this stuff with the yankees and all their easy schedule and blah 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 they have played every single team in the American League besides the Astros, who are the second best team. They still have to play them, yes. The Astros, the A's, and the Mariners. That's it. A's and the Mariners are nothing to look twice at. So let's not act like the Yankees have played like all these horrible teams. They haven't seen one good team yet. They they they're right, six- no. They're six and three against the Blue Jays. They split a series against the Rays on the road where their half their triple A team was in the lineup. And they took, no, they took care of the Red Sox, the White the Sox. American League, Twins. I, the American League is weak this year. It is. Oh, yeah. It's very I think it's very weak, actually, this this season. The team that I think would would even have a chance at stopping them is the Astros. You haven't seen them yet. But yeah. You know, and I hate that argument just be, and it's funny to make the argument, but the argument sucks because you just you have to play the teams on your schedule. And if the American League is bad, okay. What do you, well, yeah, what else gonna, do you want them to do? You're you gonna know, walk through the Ameri- you're gonna walk yeah. through the American League. If this is what you're doing to the American League, I, then you're gonna walk through it. I agree. I think the the mid level and the bottom level teams are worse in the American League than they are in the National League. But you know, you look at the top four or five teams in the American League. I think, you know, they can match. I think the top four teams can respectfully match up with some of these NL teams. You know, the Yankees, the top four teams, the Yankees, the Astros, the Blue Jays, and the Rays. I think those, all those teams compared to the Dodgers, the Brewers, the Mets, and uh, the Padres. Padres. No, I I would, I would take the NL. I probably would take the NL. I think the NL. I don't think it's, I don't think it's close. I think the NL is stronger this year, but. You know, those are the Rays have, you know, been super relevant the past couple of years. We know how good they are. Uh, They're playing very good baseball as of late. They haven't gained anything because, again, the Yankees are refusing to lose. But um, the Astros have gone to the World Series a couple of times in the past five years. Won a World Series. We know about that. But, you know, these are not some weak, you know, pretending teams. These are some some strong ball clubs. Toronto has turned it on big time at World Series position. Looking Mm -hmm. good. A little bit better. I'm kind of happy about that. But, uh, yeah, you know, just beat the teams on your schedule. I mean, uh, how, uh, how numbers, can you even use it, that? It's crazy Excuse. how much numbers are down. You just brought up the Blue Jays. Remind me of the year Vladdy's having it. Even Bo Bichette is not doing well. But no, Bichette has really he, turned it on. He, he's been playing better as of late. But when you look at his overall numbers, they're still not anything close to what you thought he would have. Um, I'm, I'm, I did a, a, a all-star game ballot yesterday. You know, just looking at all these numbers, it's like it's rare to find a guy who's got an OPS north of like 800. It's unbelievable. Offense is so down around. Did you know that heading into the series against the Yankees, the Detroit Tigers had six out of their nine guys batting under 200 in the lineup? I did not know that. Isn't that absolutely insane? You know, I'm entertained, though, and I don't know if it's just, you know, you're entertained because watching. your team's in first place. Yes, but 
and we'll talk about them in a minute. The Mets play a very um, enjoyable brand of baseball to watch. They are just a fun watch, even, you know, if they, I mean, obviously you don't want to see them lose, but even if they're losing, they're playing the way they play is enjoyable to watch. Well, they don't hit a lot of home runs compared to, you know, other of the top teams in the league. They're, they're a scrappy. I think they're, they're starting to develop a scrappy reputation. Um, They're never out of a game, right? They can always string together a couple hits and all of a sudden put up a four or five run spot in one inning. And they're never out of it. Well, I guess we'll just segue into them. They, I remember they, they lost two out of three of the Padres. Um, they got blown out in the last two games. And we'll get to the injury in a second, the injuries in a second. But there was, um, in the first game against Blake Snell, the two outs, they got a couple of walks. Blake Snell threw 40 pitches in the first inning. Walked in a run. Eduardo Escobar slapped a two-run single over the second baseman's head. You know how fun it was to watch Blake Snell completely fall apart, go up 0-2 in the count, and lose hit, and lose these hitters. Yeah, I mean, they work counts like crazy. They put the ball in play. I had I had said this on this podcast when they were signing Canna and Eduardo Escobar and Starling Marte. They are trying to become what the Astros were you know, for the past few years where they don't strike out as much. They put the ball in play. They're not so reliant on the home run. And that's what they've been. And it's, it's a treat to watch. Yeah. I mean, they're leading the MLB in batting average right now. They're, they're scoring runs, uh, you know, in bunches, they have the second most runs in the MLB. So, you know, we're used to talking about the Mets, you know, over the past decade, it seems like, or even longer. Um, you know, they're a team that pitches well, but the offense always seems to be slacking. And how many times have we talked about him? I mean, he hasn't played this year, but how many times have we talked about Jacob deGrom getting no run support and won the Cy Young? He had nine wins and like <laughs> 10 losses because the Mets couldn't win any games for him. It, it's not the case this year. I mean, they have both. The pitching's been great. I think they have a top five ERA in baseball. And the hitting oh, I think that's fast. gone. I think that's gone down. You see their ERA since uh, – Oh, my God. Holy – sh- yeah. Oh, my God. That went down. They're 14? What the hell did they do? They have a 5-2-8 ERA since Scherzer went down, starting pitcher-wise. Okay. Scratch that. Chris Chris Bassett has a 7 ERA in uh, – over 7 ERA in the last uh, – I got to check. Maybe his last six starts. Maybe it's a 5 ERA in the last month overall. Yeah, I mean, Bassett, who ha- got off to such a fantastic start, now has a 4-3-5 ERA and is 4-4. Four and four. See if you... He's completely fell apart. See if you can spot down. the imposter in the, the top seven ERA leaders, team leaders. All right. Yankees, Dodgers, Astros, Rays, Padres, Brewers, Tigers. Tigers. Yeah, the Detroit Tigers are seventh the MLB in ERA, and they are a horrible team because they have 30 home runs. Aaron Judge is eight home runs away from having as many home runs as the Detroit Tigers. School that uh Scooball, what's his name? Yeah, he's been the only like he's been unbelievable on the team. He's been great. But yeah, the, the, the pitching fell apart. The Mets got good news on Scherzer today. Did you see this? Uh, I did not. He's uh, way ahead of schedule. Oh, he's not going to have any more animal interactions or anything like that? You saw saw that? How crazy is that? It's crazy that that happened and Lindor closes a door on his finger like within a week. Two days. Two days. Yeah. You know what's funny? I hate the LOL Mets thing because I think it's brought on by our toxic part of our fan base and then the people that just hate the Mets. I, I can't stand that. But somebody tweeted his Twitter account that I, I like and respect, and he said the Mets really tried to LOL Mets this thing over the weekend with the Scherzer thing. They and did. They did. And thankfully, I mean, every, everybody's okay. The Scherzer thing was shades of Yohannes Cespedes. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah, wild boar. Yeah. And it, a lot of negative energy the last two days with these, these losses to the Padres. And I'm like, guys, they have the best record of the National League. Mm. They lost their best hitter, one of their other – 
better offensive players. They have no pitching as of right now. Please. You're on the road. They've been on the road out West against the two best teams in the national league. The other two best teams in the national league, please. After splitting with the Dodgers, please. How do you think Dodgers fans feel after they got swept by the Pittsburgh pirates? Exactly. I mean, come on. Put it in they're perspective. Gonna lose a Calm down. Of, they're going to lose a couple of games. Mm-hmm. I woke up to two text messages today saying, oh, this is the old Mets. Are you kidding me? I do Please. think that the, if I'm a Mets fan, you know, they're six, and a, they're six and a half games ahead of Atlanta. But I do think this is by the end of this month, we'll probably see that that gap's going to close even more. Oh, you know, and, and with, this is with the, the Mets. With the Mets' health, like you're saying, with Scherzer and DeGrom being out right now, and, you know, the, the starting rotation struggling, Bassett hasn't been pitching well. The Braves are playing some hot baseball right now, and I could definitely the schedule's see lighter. Yeah. Yeah. To, to think that the the Braves, even though the Mets were 10 and a half games up when they went out West uh, week, a week ago, whenever it was, to think the Braves were just going to go away was an idiotic thing to think. I never thought the Mets were going to run away with this division. I always said the Braves will be back in it by, you know, by June or June. But I really thought July, you know, six and a half is, you know, a pretty small lead. They're five back in the loss. You know, it's, they're right there. And and Atlanta, again, the defending world champs, they will be back in this thing. The Phillies are just pathetic. They're on a seven-game winning streak, and they're still a game under 500. Really? The Phillies are scaring me, though, and uh, that's a great segue into um, the next. Oh, the Scherzer thing quickly. He's completely ahead of schedule. They think there's a chance he's going out for rehab assignments late next week. Wow, that'd be fantastic. Yeah, because they need him back. And McGill is back uh, Friday, so uh, that's also big news. Anyway, oh, this is the last thing before we get to the managers. Actually, this will tie into the managers. So you just brought up the Phillies. Rob Thompson is the interim manager because Joe Girardi got fired. Mm-hmm. And my prediction was completely correct. Today was the day, actually, I thought that he would be canned. Right. But it was like a week ahead, so it was fine. But, yeah, they've won now, what, seven straight, the Phillies, after? They have won seven straight, yep. And that and Rob Thompson, 6-0. and uh, He's a uh, he's a Yankee boy. He's uh, Oh, yeah. Big time. Big For time. a long time, he was their bench coach. Yeah. With Girardi, good, uh, good for him. I, I've heard nothing but great things about him, and I, the players, I guess, really like playing for him because they swept uh, the Angels over the weekend, and then they swept the uh, the Brewers went into Milwaukee yeah, and swept I mean, the Brewers. Listen, it's going to be tough as a DH to pull it off, but Bryce Harper is making a strong case to win another MVP. Yeah. He's just incredible. Just hit He's... the freaking cover off the ball. Yeah, and he he's really just it's it's hard to have lived up to the expectations that were set upon him when he came into this league. But he's really he's really he may be breaking those expectations somehow. Right, exactly. The expectations were put on him coming up, and then you know, you sign this big contract with the Phillies, there's more expectations, and it just seems like he keeps on delivering. And his, I mean, he may be AAV wise, he may be underpaid at this point. Yeah, I know it. You know, obviously, he went for you know he would got thirteen years, mm-hmm. but let's just do quick math here. I wouldn't. Um, if I'm you, I would not worry about the Phillies one bit. They just don't have the qualities of a successful baseball team. No, they don't. You're right, but their offense does scare me. Now, thankfully, the Mets have beat them already nine out of twelve times. But yeah, their offense is a little bit, little bit. And you know what? If they do have a smart man running the organ, you know, running the team now, maybe it is a little better. Mm. But that was just, you know, that's a slap in the face of Girardi, you know, because they had a really tough stretch and this team was, you know, constructed so poorly. Right. This isn't on Girardi. Nobody could have survived this. No. This is completely on Dave Dombrowski. And I'm, I doubt he'll get fired again, but he, he should be. He should be. I mean, people keep praising him for what he's done in the past with the Red Sox, with the Tigers and all that. But, you know, uh, who cares? It works out in some areas. We just saw Joe Madden get fired. He won a World Series with the Cubs, was with the, Rain, was with the Rays for forever. 
some guys work out in some areas or, or, or get lucky or whatever you want to say or put in the right situation, and some guys aren't, you know, in the next spot. Dave Dombrowski is a guy that comes in, ruins your farm system, and spends all your money and then leaves, yep. you know, with the franchise in shambles. And maybe you get a championship out of it, or maybe you go to one, and, you know, the Red Sox got, you know, a couple, went to a couple. The, uh, the Tigers went to one. But at the end of the day, if you don't win one, it's not worth it. And the Phillies haven't even come close. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's that. And you just brought up John Madden. Uh, Joe Madden, excuse Joe Madden. me, John Madden. Um, now, I want to check the Angels' score, but they were – they're in the midst of a 14-game losing two streak. 2-1. They winning? Yep, they're up 2-1. I want them to win. I do not. I, I I don't have anything against the Angels, but I'm just at the point I want to see how many they can lose in a row. I, I don't want my team going in there this weekend and, like, having to keep that going. You right. Know? Like, I want them to win one. So then now, all right, start a new one. But, yeah, what, pathetic. And, again, do I think this was a little quick? Sure, it was a little quick. And your boy Phil Nevin is now the uh, the interim manager, so I'm yeah. sure that's just going to go over swell. Oh, yeah. But – Life comes at you fast. Two weeks ago, they were 10 games over 500. This kind of feels like a quick quick trigger. It's crazy how, you know, the media and and us fans jump the gun because, you know, we want to see these storylines develop. So we'll we'll start developing them before they even happen. But, you know, the Angels are 10 games over 500 playing good baseball. But, you know, it's 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 not even Memorial Day yet. And we're already, you know talking about oh my trout's gonna finally get back to the postseason and all this not so not so not so fast i'm not gonna lie to you i never believed in them for, you know being a contender i thought it was all right whatever they're exciting to watch it's great trout's playing well and they had that kid taylor ward but i never thought that they were gonna seriously contend and they completely fell apart and i'm not unhappy i you know whatever and part of that reason is noah Syndergaard. And do you see what's happening this weekend? Noah Syndergaard is dodging the Mets. Yeah, Phil Nevin, Phil Nevin says he needs an extra day in the yeah. six-man rotation. Okay. So the, the I'm not going to say that Joe Madden maybe wasn't the right fit for this team, but the firing just seems a little too soon for me. I don't, I don't I understand can, it. To be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I I see where they're so, coming from. So weird. But in the middle of the season like that, and I think it was the same thing with Girardi. You knew going into that year, you know, that that was going to happen with Girardi. If they didn't play well, that this would be his last year. But to handle it like that in the middle of the season, I just don't see that. I I don't see why. With Madden, I don't really understand it because you were at your lowest of lows. So why didn't you let the guy kind of break out of it a little bit? With Girardi, it almost felt like they did not extend him. Call me crazy for this. They didn't extend him. They didn't want to, you know, let him go in the offseason because they thought that what if they we do get off to a bad start and we need to spark this team and we need to give our fan base something. Maybe this was Dombrowski's cover. Like, you know what, we're going to fire this guy in the middle of the season to give the fans what they want to spark this team well, a little bit. It turns the attention away. I mean, what have we been talking about? We've been talking about Dave Dombrowski. We've, we've been talking about Joe Girardi getting fired. Um, and that's what the media has been talking about. But nobody really wants to mention that Dave Dombrowski is is a huge part to blame in all of this. Yeah. And, and again, I, I agree with you with Madden. Probably a little too soon. There's another manager that shouldn't be a little too soon fired. That didn't make sense. But you kind of get what I'm saying. I mean, Tony has- LaRusso. Castellanos has been horrible. Oh my God, Tony! Don't even get me started on Tony Larusimer. This guy. You explain I've what never... happened. So Dodgers playing the White Sox. What inning was it? I think it was like it was late. It was. It was. It was, was kind of late into the game, and Tony Larusa thinks it's a great idea with Freddie Freeman standing on second base to intentionally walk Trey Turner with a one, two count. 
I don't think I've ever seen that in my life. A manager intentionally walking somebody when the pitcher is ahead in the account, especially with two strikes. And luckily for Tony, being very sarcastic here, Max Muncy comes up, who's, by the way, hitting like 160 this year, and hits a three-run home run. So I, I really don't understand... To me, he would he would be a guy who should be a midseason fire. We're talking about Girardi and Madden, the same situation like Tony Russa, veteran managers, teams with expectations, not performing well. They're gone. This is Tony exactly that. Have his bags packed already. This is exactly that. And a guy that's just completely out of touch with baseball today. Um, it hasn't worked last season. You know, he – they were they were good last season. They weren't great. They made the playoffs. They won the division, a bad one. Give them whatever credit you want to if you want to give them credit at all. But you're 100% right. This is just – it's a clown show at this point. And, I, I, you know, you had said it, you know, maybe even a month ago or so, you feel bad for White Sox fans that have to deal with this guy. You're 100% right. I feel bad for White Sox fans that have to deal with this guy because it is a, a joke. It's an embarrassment. It's just – it was a weird hiring at the time because this wasn't a White Sox team that couldn't get it together and, and wasn't winning games and had, you know, a locker room issue or whatever. I mean, they had talent on the team. They were, they were winning the game, uh, winning games. They made the playoffs in that 2020 season. And you go out and you get a drill sergeant like Tony La Russa, a guy that's been managing for friggin' decades. It, it didn't really make a lot of sense to me. No. Not at all. Doesn't make sense. So we'll see what happens. I mean, they're underperforming, and we'll see if they uh, will make a move. We're going to make a move out of here, though. That's episode 66. That's all we got for today. Next week, I'm sure we will drop another episode, but the baseball season will chug on. We'll see what happens with the Rangers, and uh, we'll have more NBA final games, I hope. I mean, you know you know how many breaks oh, I like boy. to take. More 20-point callouts. Oh, nope. yeah, please. I'm good. All right. Enjoy the weekend, everybody.